The Blacksmith's Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Top of the morning, and welcome to Stocks and Serial, a weekly capital markets and investment education podcast that will intrigue you as much as Weekend Cartoons and Serial did as a kid. I'm your co-host, Darius D. Salibi, alongside my counterpart and longtime friend, Mohamed Mo Treor. So grab your seat and bowl of cereal, and let's dig in. Excellent. Today's topics are Around the Bell, a 30-second company overview and earning splits, Battle of the EVs, Crude and Rude Oil, Inflated Everything, and Where'd My Crypto Go? You ready, Mohammed? Let's get it. You're always ready, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> hey, like, hey, SpongeBob voice. Oh, <laughs> <ready>. <laughs> Topic number right. one, around the bell. Rules are each speaker has 30 seconds to give a company overview and recent earnings before the closing bell. Ding, ding, ding. The lineup will be L Brands, done by Mohammed, JD.com, done by me, Target, done by Mohammed, iBioMe, Home Depot Mo and Palantir, me. You're up, Mohammed. All right. 30 seconds. So we Go. got L Brands. They own Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, 25% ownership of the, the Express. So they had $3.02 billion of revenue compared to the consensus estimate of $2.84 billion. Earnings per share of $1.25 versus the estimate of $1.17 per share from Wall Street. That's compared to a loss of 99 cents per share in the same period a year ago. Dividend declared for June 18th, 2021, 15 cent dividend, ex-dividend date of June 4th. Oh, ooh, I got it in. I got it you in. You got it in. Yeah. <laughs> you got it in. All right. JD.com. Right. got you going in. Three, two, one. JD.com is China's largest on-time re online re retailer and its biggest overall retailer, as well as the country's biggest internet company by revenue. Think of the Amazon of China. They have 99% coverage of China's population. Their EPS beat by 38 cents, or excuse me, was 38 cents and beat by three cents. The revenue of 31 billion was 50.5 year over year, beats by 1.03 billion. And they beat on 11 consecutive quarters in regards to EPS and 10 for revenue. <laughs> I like JD a lot. Ball 10 at the, the bottom of 2020. Okay. All right, you ready? There you go. I'll probably be coming back after my haircut, though. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so I got Target. So 369 per share earnings on a, that's a 525% increase year over year. Came in above the consensus estimate of 325 per share. That's huge. Uh, so total total revenues of 24.2 billion in Q1 climbed 23% from the year ago period. Analysts were expecting revenues of 21.81 billion. So they're trying to be in direct competition with Amazon. They're hoping up all these stores on college campuses. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Well done. All right. We got you beginning in three, two, one. Another one of my favorites, iBio. Take a listen to our first episode to learn more about that sleeping. Next generation biotech company, their EPS was in line at minus four cents. Revenue was 0.8 million, 700% year over year in line. 
there as well with estimates and reported cash on hand $103 million, which should help them stay funded through 2023. And they also established a new drug discovery team in San Diego focused on oncology. Sheesh. Sheesh. Hey, about to run an auction or something, talking this fast. I know. All right. In three, two, one, go. All right, Home Depot, ticker HD. So, so far in the first few weeks of May, sales are trending 30% above pre-pandemic levels. Rapidly rising revenue caused earnings per share to increase faster than expected. Analysts expected three, oh no, two ninety eight of earnings per share, but they reported $3.86 per share. Increase of 85% over the last year and 30% above analyst estimates. So declared a dividend of $1.65 per share, and they also have a $20 billion buyback coming. Excellent, man. Excellent. That was fantastic. Thank you. I like it. All right. So we got you beginning in three, two, one. Palantir, which has a data crunching software that is said to have helped capture Osama bin Laden. Their earnings per share of four cents was in line with estimates. Revenue of 341 million beat by 8.93 million, which was 49% growth. And it reaffirmed that it expects annual revenue growth of 30% more for 2021 through 2025. That's 149 customers with $8.1 million in average revenue. Has been a cash burning machine, but it's working out. All right, all right. Hey, I feel like Mushman. <laughs> he said Mushman. <laughs> or, or the kid from the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, courage to Charlie Dog. All right. Uh, <laughs> that all? We have one more, right? No, 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 no. That's that's three three each, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, hey we, we got more we're writing about in the newsletter though. But yeah, that, I just want to give some quick definitions we went over. I talked about buybacks, so that's just when a company buys back some shares. So there's fewer shares in the float, but that just makes it so it's like pretty much helps inflate the share price a little bit. Um, so you also have X dividend. That is the date that you have to own shares by to be able to qualify for the dividend. And dividend as well, that's the amount of money you get paid per share as a stock that you own. You can either automatically reinvest that to buy more shares, and that's just proportionally to the amount you own. And then, or you can have that paid to you in cash. Just be careful the type of account you hold those types of shares in because dividends are going to be taxable if they're not in the right account type. Something else will also be going over uh, in the newsletter, but I uh, just wanted to highlight that for you real quick. I know yeah. we keep mentioning that newsletter, but hey, it's one thing to listen to something. It's another thing to just watch it. But if you can read about it as well, just gets you used to looking at that finance news and just getting more of that terminology down. And hey, you can save the articles as well. And more importantly, share with your friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Make it happen. I like it. I like it. Hey, that was that was good, man. That was a lightning round. Great oh, job, yeah. though. Great job. Yeah. Hey, ESPN, just letting you know, we're... Uh, applying for some positions here <laughs> so, um, speaking of lightning that leads us into our next topic which is the battle of the evs on tuesday some of you might have seen that president joe biden spoke at the ford motor co plant in michigan he boasted about his electric vehicles plan as well as the infrastructure package while also taking the all-electric ford f-150 lightning for a spin that's a pretty cool clip there 
We just said to start around 39,000 and top out around 90,000. There are already approximately 45,000 reservations in less than 48 hours, which is a good sign that there's a desire for an all electric version of America's top selling vehicle. And that also clearly helped to boost Ford stock, which was up 12.58% on the week. I like Ford, you know, I think they got some work to do, but if they can convert some customers, it's a start. And in that plan, President Biden plan or it calls for the creation of 500,000 EV charging stations. And note that in 2020, it is said that we had a little less than 100,000 chargers in the US compared to China's 800,000. So obviously a lot of room for improvement there, a lot of opportunity, which leads me into the impacted stocks. Charge Point Holdings, CHPT is the ticker, which calls itself the world's largest network of EV charging stations in North America and Europe, was up 17% on Wednesday. And then EVGO ticker right now is CL, II, which plans to go public through a SPAC and owns and operates more than 800 charging stations across 34 states. So those are two stocks that I'll be keeping an eye on, checking out, because we got to have it. If we're going to use electric vehicles, we got to have the charging spots, right? And the other thing about the charging ports that, that we're going to have to face is a thing called icing. I don't, are you familiar with icing, Mohammed? Yeah, yeah. You tell me bit. about that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like some haters, but yeah, yeah man. Tell the people it's, a little more. Yeah, you guys should really look into it. Look up the pictures. It's quite interesting to say the least. But ICE stands for Internal Combustion Engine, aka non electric vehicles. And the act of icing is to park in a space intended for electric cars without making use or having any need for the charger. It's pretty much blocking it so electric vehicles can't charge. It's a type of protest, I guess. Quite crazy, quite rude, quite idiotic in my opinion. You <laughs> said quite rude. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, but it's funny because if you look it up, there's been some Teslas that have actually tried to tow these trucks out of their out of the spaces. And all these other tactics that they they try to do to to get the the cars out of their spots is hilarious, but it definitely needs to be addressed. It's pointless, in my opinion. But on the topic of being rude, I think that leads us into our next topic of crude and rude oil, right, Mohammed? Yeah, yeah. So, thing with that is, all right, comes to oil, we got a lot going on. I know we talked about it last week with that colonial pipeline, but the thing is, this is a global issue and uh, helps run the world. So gonna have stubble oil coming up pretty much every week. Talked about uh, kind of how macro factors play into how a lot of the market works and talk about macro factors. Microeconomics is the short, short-term effects. Uh, this direct supply and demand, kind of just how that's gonna be affected in the short-term, just in a few days, few weeks, maybe the next month or two. Macro factors, that's the thing that's going to affect you for a few months to a few years down the line. Everything that's happening globally really impacts that a lot. So right now, one thing we're having with oil is having some countries with massive increases in demand, others with some relative drops, like how Europe and Canada, the 
in the South America, vaccine rollout's been a little slower. So their demand rise has been a little slower. Uh, we also have in the Americas where we're really spiking in demand rise. And we also have the same happening in places like the UK. That's kind of helping to settle things out a little bit. But now we have the issue with India and their variants and how hard they're getting hit by COVID. And we all know that's the second biggest country in the world about to surpass China here real soon. Um, close to like 1.3 billion people, I believe. But anyways, with how hard COVID's hitting them, having a lot, lot less people using oil right now. So kind of having a bit of a demand glut there. So we're holding kind of steady, but it's looking like when we get to about sometime in July or August, uh, India demand is more than likely gonna start to increase a little bit more. And we're really gonna start to see uh, oil demand get closer to what they're calling peak oil, which is pretty much a way to say the most amount of oil uh, that people will be burning worldwide in a given year. And right now, depending on who you're looking, looking at, we're either currently about to hit uh, peak oil in about the next two years or sometime closer to 2030. And after that, it's just gonna be relative declines. But a uh, big reason this all matters right now is because we have very, very high oil prices. When I talk about the high oil prices, I mean the crude oil futures. We're sitting right now at about 63 per barrel. We were closer to about 66 earlier in the week. But something that became an issue was that, you know, some of you have heard that Iran nuclear deal, I'm not gonna get specifics of the issues of, you know, that Democrat Republican stuff. Cause when it comes to those stocks, that doesn't really matter. All that matters is the numbers and what actually occurs. So Russia's talking about letting Iran off the hook a little bit, letting them get some more oil coming back through. And the US is like, oh, all right, all right. So a lot more oil gonna be in the pipeline, especially from Iran, if uh, Russia's gonna let them back into the market a little bit. An issue with that for us is, okay, that's more oil coming through, but we're not producing it. So that's something that's gonna be imported to other countries. So that would decrease our exports. That would really hurt our oil companies based right here in America. The thing with that is, all right, if we wanna have a lot less of an effect from this, then we're gonna to need to work out a deal with Iran so we're not really hitting them as hard with the sanctions. So that's where the nuclear deal plays in. If that's the case and that's the route that we go, then it's gonna seem like oil prices are just gonna steady out a little bit and we're gonna see a relative drop. So that's, people are speculating, that's why we saw the drop in the futures market from the 66 down to about 62 at one point, now selling out closer to 63. And that, and also the demand issues and variances across different nations. So that's kind of just that rundown on what's going on with oil. And it ties into, you know, what's happening with commodities and everything as well. Like D, you heard about that joke with the, with wood? The lumber? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, hey, on the low, I got some lumber seeds for sale. <laughs> got some toothpicks. You plant them in your garden, grow you some lumber. Become hey. an instant billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I heard that joke uh yeah there's that meme going around um dude uh just like with those huge semis with that that bed of just uh lumber on the back and it's like wow just watch a billion dollars go by <laughs> man it's crazy i think they were saying that at one point just the the spike in lumber was causing an, a, an addition of two, $26,000 to a new home yeah yeah no that's no. true that's true it's like it's yeah crazy so, mm -hmm. so it's not just the demand that's really driving um yeah the increase in home prices but 
the wood yeah. you're using as well is we really look at it yeah yeah wood and copper too mm-hmm. is the other one with all the piping and everything it's crazy yeah it's like when you're making steel you need uh i believe it's copper ore and iron ore i remember that from smelting back in the runescape days <laughs> <laughs> see if, if you check out stocks like u.s steel are going up his yeah. product products worth more we got this infrastructure deal being talked about Apparently, you know, White House just sent out a compromise deal of 1.7 trillion instead of 2.3 trillion. Yeah. Hey, any, anything with a T, you know, that's, that's still a lot of cash. Big money. Big yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, definitely a necessity infrastructure, but we won't dive too much in that. Yeah. Just want to show like, you a few charts, though. On yeah. This, uh, on this inflation topic real quick. So. Yeah. Why are you doing that? For real, though, I got lumber seeds for sale and I know what I own. i think you just hit that Kawhi laugh real quick (laughs) Uh all right so xle here that's that energy etf so if you look this is like uh about year to date so we start all the way back here it closed at 3853 um and then we go all the way over here to may wow we're all the way back up to 52.16 at close. Look, look at these lines. So we're comparing to the percentage rise in uh, what we call here. So GSPC, that basically stands for S&P 500. And then we also have the Dow Jones line right here. Look at those comparisons. We're looking at about 12 to 14% rise in that period of time. Whereas here, wow, mm-hmm. wow, look at that 36% booming all right i mean when your product's worth more you move them more that also means that your earnings are also going to be a lot higher yeah hey the other mm -hmm. great thing yeah go ahead i was gonna say the etfs man we talked about them a little bit exchange exchange trade traded funds which is awesome if you don't want to just invest in a sole company or you don't know what to invest in it's almost buying a bank of companies and your money being split evenly between them And that's what I like a lot about ETFs. It's a great way to capture different segments of the market, especially if you're not versed in them, right? Yeah, very true. But uh, the one thing I want to mention real quick, too, is like the other reason you may be seeing these stocks go up a lot higher in comparison to what we got going on in the S&P and the Dow and NASDAQ. So S&P and NASDAQ are currently very, very tech heavy especially the S&P 500, I think it's like close to 40% of the valuation of it is taken up just by those thumbang stocks, as they call them, you know, at Facebook, Amazon, Amazon. Uh, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, Google, like how much of the valuation is taken up. Yep. Tesla? Tesla too, yeah. How much of the valuation is taken up just by those stocks, but how much they move really affects the rest of the index a lot more in comparison. The thing with those stocks is like a lot of their, so those are growth stocks, you're really looking at their future revenues more. So if we got inflation, that means that your money is going to be worth less in the future, less in comparison in the future compared to what it is worth now. Discount of cash flow analysis. I'll be doing a bigger write-up about that down the line. Just want to make sure we go over more terms before we do something like that. Uh, but discount of cash flow analysis, basically compared to the rate of inflation and CPI, we look at, all right, how much is that money going to be worth in the future? And that really affects your growth multiple, which is going to affect how much you're trading at. When it comes to these commodities, I mean, you're selling that oil now. You're realizing all that revenue now. It doesn't really matter as much how much it's going to be worth a year or two down the line because you can't really predict that as much. That's a lot shakier. Right. 
but we know how much it's worth right now, how much money you're bringing in right now, how much you're producing right now, et cetera. If we look at XLI, this is the industrial sector ETF. So that's also compared, uh, doing well in comparison to the three indexes. This black line is IXIC. So that's a way to find the, the NASDAQ composite in comparison. All right, so that's at 5% growth. And right here, we have 16% for uh, XLI. So in that inflationary times, it's like uh, industrials, energy, and financials are usually the sectors that people pile into, the sectors doing the best. Um, but we also have a BlackRock, which is one of the largest wealth managers in the entire world. They uh, really carry a lot of money. So our Fed chair, Jer Jerome Powell, he holds a lot of his money with BlackRock as well. So I really like to look at the stuff BlackRock is currently holding. My speculation basically is if the Treasury, if, I mean, if the head of the Fed it ha has his money with BlackRock, then that means he's really trusting them to use it right. So anything I'm seeing them invest into, I'm like, okay, this is looking like some kind of good opportunity. So when I saw them pop up on iBio, when I was looking at uh, their ownership. I was like, yep. all right. Still like, my thunder, uh, man. I was about yeah. to come in with that. Hey, 5% ownership and I buy. Gotta be quicker than that. 5% ownership. I love it. Yeah, Let them sleep. Resources Let them sleep. and commodity ETF rise. We got that 4% here in NASDAQ and then 11 and 10% in comparison for S&P and the Dow, but 30% for their resources and commodities uh, over here for BlackRock. So that's BCX. Uh, interactive. So uh, we have Weyerhaeuser as well. So this is a lodging company looking like they're about right in line right here with the overall market. But if you looked at where they were at just earlier, about two weeks ago, a lot further ahead, closer to 20%. So people are just kind of iffy on this company due to them not being sure about their actual future outlook. We're just there right now. I was talking about reinvestments and things of that nature. But if you look at the general overall market for lumber, at worst, you're looking at companies like Warehouser, they're at least holding steady in comparison to the overall market. So that's something just to really look at and just make sure you're staying on top of because you want to protect your money. It's a big reason I got into investing as well. Is when you look at using a savings account, what are you getting paid on interest for that? What like one percent, something like that? In some case, that's crazy. Right. People, talking inflation like two and a half three percent is what it's looking like it's gonna be getting close to but that's the rate that they're telling us it is i mean don't call me a conspiracy theorist but a lot of people smarter than me are saying that inflation is probably closer to something between like five and seven percent if you really look at uh the goods that people use so just be careful with how you're spending your money where you're putting your money how you're yeah. using it you just want to make sure you're staying ahead of the curve yeah next next week we'll talk a little bit more about the s p ETF versus a savings account over the course of 20 years. And you see those returns, which is pretty awesome to see. Now that has been talked to by folks like Warren Buffett and other top hedge fund managers, but specifically Warren Buffett, who has made multiple bets on the S&P versus other actively managed funds, which is pretty cool. And I think in, when was it, 2017? Don't quote me on that. Or before, it was a 20-year period. He had a bet. That the S&P 500 would outperform some some fund managers any any one. It was a million dollar bet, I believe. But we'll tap into that next week. But yeah, to Mohammed's point, there's a lot of rotation out of certain sectors 
for me, I'm I'm a long-term investor, so I understand the volatility is going to happen with my NASDAQ and tech stocks. And that's when I just buy more if it's a good company because tech isn't going anywhere. But it's also obviously always good to capture as many gains as you can. So tapping, I have some energy companies and ETFs as well. So definitely know where your money is and understand it too, right, Mohammed? Because there's always going to be rotations. You just got to understand them. Agreed. And if you guys have been paying attention to the market, you're seeing those rotations happening all the time. Like you can automatically see uh, based off um, when the CPI numbers are coming out each month, what's happening with also the jobs reports. You'll notice, oh, whoa, looks like all this money's falling out of tech. Why is that happening? All this money flowing out of certain sectors. Why is this happening? It's because of things like inflation expectations. People yeah. are looking at factors of inflation uh, versus reflation versus deflation. So these are also big market uh, macro regimes. And again, I know I keep saying we got to get into this stuff later, but I can't just pile all this on you now because it's already a lot of information we're giving you. But understanding in the market is something built over time. And the Absolutely. more time you put in, the better it is for you. So that's why we're here. Yeah, definitely. And again, once you get that understanding, you'll feel a lot more comfortable when you see the ups and the downs and things that you're invested in because you believe in them and understand the market movement for sure. Inflation is crazy, man, but it makes yeah. sense. When prices increase, you're going to take some money out of the stock market or out of, out of more speculative bets too. So yep. it's just something we'll, we'll continue to, to teach you guys and, and learn together for sure. Yeah, like diversifying your portfolio and everything, like technical Tuesdays, that's something I'm going to be kind of going over uh, more as well, like how I like to just apportion my portfolio a little bit here. That way, like if I have some stocks having a down day, it doesn't really hit me as much because I have others that are getting the benefits of that rotation and it's kind of helping me out. It's like I still have holdings in the tech sector, just fewer uh, weightings of them and fewer of them in my actual accounts because I'm looking at things like oil stocks and industrials and like, all right, well, these are going up a lot higher. So I might as well portion more of my portfolio to those for that period of the year or for that year. So I can just reap those gains a little more. So yeah. you kind of get to adjust as necessary, but remember you yeah. always got to look at things like capital gains taxes. If it's a non-retirement account. Right. And, and yeah, it's like, and there's that, ways to win in this market. For sure. And that's, that's, goes back to us having two different strategies they kind of parallel each other in a sense but you're you're kind of rotating into more of the the cyclical and i'm buying more of the dips for my tech stocks right the things that i believe in when they're on sale and they're at a discount and i know i'm holding them for at least five ten years plus years if it drops down if i bought it higher why would i not buy it at a lower price so that's what i i, I tend to do but but still obviously being aware of, of where the market stands and if it's going to go higher, lower, whatever, you just got to be continuously proactive. Yeah. Your, you your observations. Yeah. But, but yeah. That gets me to kind of just like what I want to go over for like a newsletter we got coming out for Sunday, May 23rd, we'll be talking a little bit more about the, what happened with semiconductors and the semiconductor summit, how that's affecting a lot of these tech stocks. So you can, so people can see a little more of like, why these are dropping right now. Like, all right, everyone's buying technology though. Why isn't this stuff going crazy? Like these earnings should be good. Again, things are on a global level for things like this. Supply chains, 
span the entire globe. We're having a lot of issues with that. And we're having a lot of issues with the inputs for these things that we need. And also want to just talk about Nokia a little bit in that newsletter, because that's one that I still do buy into no matter the no matter the price, because it's a company I truly believe in. And I like to use some profits from options plays to also like buy in to the dips for some of my tech stocks plays or my long plays. I don't just take the options money and just do whatever with it. That's why I talked about like how much I like to research those actual investments to just make sure, okay, if I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to get taxed on it, I'm going to make sure that I can use that money on something that will actually matter going forward in the future. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely check that out. Tap in with us. All other platforms as well, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Anchor, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Do it all. Do it all. No, we're going global over here, but uh, just want to let y'all know, you know, have a link from here on out on everything that we post that's just like more consolidated page of all of our links. So it's just easier for everyone to find everything. As I know, just like having all those different links kind of hard to click, but this is just an easier way for you to be able to see, you know, what's the Substack and all the other social pages. We just know we got more coming for you soon and to get that discord going next month so we can have some more of those one on one chats and more timestamped kind of things. And also so we can just kind of post screenshots of a paper trading account so people can really see, all right, how to apportion um, like an example of a portfolio. Uh, just all things in that nature, but doing everything we can to just make sure we keep educating the people or at least putting them on the right path, whatever they want to do. But as always, we're going to end this episode with a disclaimer. Because again, this is for education. We are not professionals. Absolutely. Hey, we. I think we forgot about crypto real quick. Should we? Should oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Obviously, with Bitcoin being down on a week after Elon Musk fiasco, and then also with China cracking down on on mining as well right not just mining excuse me but the acceptance of it yeah so thing with that is china just controlling so much of the hash power so hash power that's basically the rate at which bitcoins uh are uh like confirmed on a blockchain and so it matters how many nodes are available and the nodes is like each different like computer or server or whatever that's taking care of that but if it's going to be blocked in China, that's just going to mean that more opportunity, for, baby. Yeah, exactly. For me, more opportunities for other countries, especially like the U.S. Talking to you, Janet Yellen, get off that. Uh, <laughs> more countries like the U.S. feeling like they can actually be comfortable letting their citizens participate in it because it's not going to be heavily controlled uh, by the Chinese government. You know, they got their digital UN coming out, and we we got the European Central Bank talking about how they're going to do a digital euro. We got the we got the Fed here as well, talking about how they're possibly exploring a digital dollar. But at the end of the day, for me, none of that ends Bitcoin, because if they're going to make digital currencies, all that does is make a better proxy for the digital Bitcoin as well. And it doesn't mean that they're going to control the amount of money they're printing digitally. It just means it's easier for them to print it digitally. And that's really how this crypto was made and how it's supposed to operate. But this is not an endorsement for crypto or me right. telling any of you to just go ahead and buy it. Something you got to research a lot more before you do it. Just make sure Absolutely. you're not throwing all your eggs in one basket. Got to diversify. Got to diversify. That way, when weeks like these last two weeks happen, you don't sit here just 
looking around like, wow, I just right. lost everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with Biden's push to compete with China, this is just a big opportunity for for us to grab the reins and and run. And so we have we know of a few companies that are working on it, Colorado, a few other places. But yeah, definitely opportunity there. But don't just buy dips because somebody on Facebook says buy the dip and hold or hodl. What is it? Hodl? Hold? Hodl? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, as you say, yeah, just don't blindly buy every dip. You just want to make sure that yeah. if you're going to be buying the dips, you don't over allocate the amount of money in your net worth or put your portfolio on just crypto. So if you're like leveraged like over 30, 40% and you don't have a lot of excess side cash, that's not a good place to be. At least that's my opinion. Like yeah. people out there like going like 70, 90% of their net worth in it. And I mean, they can do them, but yeah, me personally, I like to keep it less than 10%. Definitely to, to each their own, but yeah. you definitely got to be careful putting money into any investment you have to be willing and accept that there's a possibility that you could lose it all right that's that's with any i'm not just talking stocks that's any investment again not giving financial advice but that's something to be aware of especially when you're going into some of those more trendy pickers and investments that pop up yeah you gotta be careful for sure dogecoin for example getting crushed you know from the all-time high of what hit 70 cents now it's at 34 People are buying the dips. They keep saying, keep holding. But again, it's a, a small amount of individuals that hold majority of Dogecoin. So but at, at Dogecoin, the market itself. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they jump out at any time, it, it won't, it won't be pretty, but again, not endorsing any cryptocurrency, not bashing it either. Just making sure you guys are aware of all the potential outcomes. Right. Exactly. Like, I know we've kind of like talked down on crypto, but I, I want to let people know, like, I own crypto myself. So yeah, like, I'm, I'm just always going to be skeptical of anything I put my money into because I, I want to take all perspectives. I don't want to just have blinders on, but I still believe in it. I still believe in the future of it. That's why I still have holdings in it. But, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Excellent. Well, it's a, a great Saturday. This was a great episode, Mohammed. Thank you very Next much, Shane. Next earnings, I won't be much mouth. I got the new yeah, mic. Yeah. I got the new mic. I don't sound like an underground rapper in the basement of his mom's <laughs> 90s mom's home. M- I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll be having that newsletter come out for Sunday, May 23rd. Uh, Going to be just, I don't know, like Nokia discounted cash flow analysis. Just kind of going to talk about that a little bit. And then some things on oil. Then be starting a little series of newsletters on options and how they're priced. So we can just do a little bit of an introduction on that. And then Technical Tuesday is going to be focusing on moving averages and relative strength index on Tuesday. So be sure to tap into that on Tuesday. Subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, Google yeah. Podcasts, whatever it is. Get on that. Share it with your friends and family. Share the knowledge. Share the love. Time out Thursdays, too. Yeah. We'll be- I'll be covering ETFs, specifically the S&P 500 ETF versus a savings account. Yeah, we're not going anywhere, people. Oh, we're coming at you. <laughs> we're coming at you. Yeah. Dropping, dropping, dropping. Like it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got that disclaimer to play us out. But thanks again for listening to Blacksmith's Capital Research. We'll be back for you soon. Peace.
The Blacksmith's Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.